0: Lord, everyone, you may be seated. Well, it is my distinct honor and privilege to introduce our speaker here today. Would you please welcome myself? I'm sorry, I said it like that because the topic of what I'm going to be teaching this morning is pride, so I thought it'd be fitting to introduce myself like that. Would you give him some praise as he comes in? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's what we're not trying to do here. Alrighty, so I'm going to talk a little bit about pride. Pride, that's a thing that uh, I think we all struggle with sometimes, or we can struggle with. And in fact, it's the oldest sin. I think uh, before Adam and Eve messed it all up, uh, Satan, he was lifting himself up. And so that original sin uh, was, was pride. So I'm going to share a couple of scriptures here about pride. Proverbs eight. And thirteen says, "The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy, and the evil way and the forward mouth." Do I hate? God hates pride. It's a big deal. That's some strong words. Um, Proverbs twenty-one and four says, "In high look and a proud heart, and the ploughing of the wicked, is sin." So, pride, obviously, is is sin. Uh, Proverbs 15, 25, the Lord will destroy the house of the pride, but he will establish the border of the widow. So, you know, it's interesting. It says that the Lord will destroy the house of the pride. You know, sometimes we, we want to blame everything on, on the enemy, but, you know, because of our pride, the, the Lord will destroy the house of the pride. It's a heart issue. You know, pride It all takes place in in, in the heart. And that's something that the Lord hates. In fact, uh, in the next scripture, Proverbs 16, 5 through 6, says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. By mercy, truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. So... Pride is considered to be an abomination. Um, Those are some pretty strong words. Abomination is is disgusting or wicked to the Lord. And uh, I think the word abomination is really emphasizing how much and what the Lord thinks of pride. So really, I'm just trying to paint a picture here about what pride is. I know a lot of times we... Kind of, we might make exceptions for things, but we got to be careful because really that's all taken place in our heart. And, and I want us to see what that really looks like in relation to Almighty God, our Creator. Um, pride doesn't fear the Lord, it doesn't reverence the Lord. And because of that, it, it doesn't remember one's standing in relation to God. You, Creator, me, creation. Pride forgets that. Pride forgets that, you know, my relationship to God is that, you know what, He created it all, and I am simply His creation. And I must remember that. And so pride forgets that. Pride lifts self instead of lifting up God. Pride forgets the frailty of the human condition. Uh, When things are going well and we are feeling good, maybe we're feeling healthy or strong or we're feeling successful and, or whatever's going on, um, sometimes all that stuff gets to our head and we forget our standing in relationship to our creator. We forget we are in need of Jesus and that he holds all the cards, that it's all in him. And, and we forget that in the midst of all of the success and the things that are going on, that, you know what, as much as we might feel like we're invincible in the moment, we could lose it all, just in the blink of an eye, and that we are in, in his mercy, we are at his mercy, and we, we can't forget where we come from. That's exactly what Satan did. Um, our pride, which is intricately linked to our flesh, can lead us to make poor decisions. Um... For example, I know it's wrong, but I don't care. You know, And because uh, really, what is pride? It's, it's just our flesh. It's, it's, our, it's our heart. And so we sometimes can make bad decisions when we just go to our default, which is our flesh. James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. God gives grace to the humble. I know pastor's been preaching the last several weeks on grace, and uh, this is an awesome scripture because it talks about that he gives grace to the humble. God gives grace to the humble. For the same reason that Satan was cast out of the presence of God, you and I can actually put ourselves in opposition to God, severing The will of God, the connection, the relationship in our life with Him, because God resists the proud. You want to cause something to happen in your life, pride puts you in opposition with God. And where we are, and that sometimes can be a big pill to swallow because it's just in us sometimes. We just, when we do something, our head gets big and we're all proud of ourselves, but we got to be careful because that puts ourselves in opposition. With God, remember the Pharisees they, uh, who were consumed with the appearance of humility, uh, they had it down. They, they knew all of the, the rituals, they knew all of the, the techniques. They, they had it down. They were praying in the street corners, and they were making known the, the suffering of their fasts, and it just you could tell that they were really struggling, and they wanted you to know that I'm just really working hard to. To serve the Lord, I'm sacrificing. And really, it looked like, you know, humility, but it was really pride. And they were praying on the, the street corners, and, and uh, they were reminding God of how pure and holy they were. And in their prayer, they were saying, Lord, I am thankful that I'm not like this man over here who is a sinner. I'm thankful that I do all these. And so they, in, in reality... It might have appeared that they were being humble, but they were lifting up. They were bragging about their goodness. And on the same token, you guys remember scripture, uh, the scripture where the publican or the tax collector, he was praying. And he had his eyes closed and he was looking down and he was beating his chest. And he was saying, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. He recognized it. Although, you know, there's things going on in his life, he, he's nothing without God. He is in need because he's a sinner. Even his best day is still not good enough. And he recognized that he was in need of God. Jesus said that he, the tax collector, was justified or righteous. For everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. So the one that he accepted, the prayer that was good to the Lord was the one who was being genuinely humble. The one who was recognizing his placement in relationship to the creator. He was recognizing that, you know what, although I might be doing some good things, it's not because of my own goodness. God is the way maker. He has the power to give life and to take life. If we remember who he is, it changes everything. And so as much as you might be so proud of all the things that you're doing and, 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 and good at um, you know, giving yourself all the credit, that can all change in a moment, and we got to remember. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. In fact, we read in the scripture, um, He that finds his life shall lose it. There's something about this humbling of yourself. He that finds his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my name's sake shall find it. So when you really want to find true life, it's, about, it's in losing. So I'm going to share a couple of scriptures of, of pride in the Bible, and um, really there, there's some stories. How many of you remember the uh, King Saul? King Saul. He, uh, it started out one way, and it, it might have looked good, but it, it ended not so good. Um, the Lord spoke to Saul through the prophet Samuel and told him to destroy Amalek, or the Amalekites. And destroy them totally or completely. Wipe them out. Every single thing. Destroy them. This is the command that the Lord gave Saul, go do that. So Saul did. He went out and he destroyed the Amalekites, but he decided to kind of edit that a little bit. He he did what the Lord said, but he kind of made some edits. He, he uh, changed it a little bit. He thought that he could, I don't know, make some things. Maybe the Lord didn't really know. Uh, so he was like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make some changes to help God out because after all, I am the king. You know, he put me here for a reason. So I might as well do some, some stuff. So you know what he did? He kept the best things from uh, the Amalekites. And he, uh, he said, well, we'll keep the best things for, for sacrifice. Because, you know, that's, after all, that's, that's probably a good thing to do, right? So he decided to edit the, the will and the command of the Lord instead of totally destroying the Amalekites. In fact, he even keep, he kept alive King their king, Agag. And uh, this was something that, Samuel was like blown away when he heard that. He's like, "What? if you said you destroyed, what are these sheep that I hear? Why are these things still alive? Um, When Samuel discovered what happened, he said in uh, 1 Samuel 15, 17, When thou wast little in thine own sight, thou wast made the head of the tribes of Israel. And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Samuel was like highlighting the qualities Saul had before he was king. In relation to his current state, before he was king, he was little in his own sight. He was humble. Before he was uh, promoted and had all this power, he knew in relation to God where he was to stand. And Samuel reminded him of that. He's like, before you were king, you were little in your own sight. In fact, at one point, he said in uh, 1 Samuel 9.21, this is what Saul said, Am I not a Benjamite? of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family of the least of the families of the tribe of Benjamin before he was so like I'm not worthy I can't do this and then fast forwarding till a couple years later he's like totally disregarding the will of God in his life because something was taking place within him his heart was getting full of himself he was prideful there was things changing in his life um in fact at one point um yeah, he already told you, he, he did that stuff. Okay, um, if you keep reading, uh, power had so gotten to his head that he even believed that he was right. After Samuel said, did you not do this? You know, why didn't you obey the, the command of the Lord? And, uh, and he's like, why didn't you follow and, and you just went along and did your own thing? And Saul said, yes, I have obeyed the Lord. After Samuel just presented the whole case to him, you did this wrong. And Saul was like, I did obey the command of the Lord directly in the face of the man of God, the, you know, representing God. And he just believed it so much. His own idea became his highest authority. His own best feelings about himself became his highest authority. How quickly he forgot. Where he came from, Saul forgot what this was all about. Who put him in that place? Another example uh, I want to share is: How many of you heard of uh, King Nebuchadnezzar? How many can spell that? <laughs> Try googling it. Nebuchadnezzar. It's pretty difficult. You can edit that in the tape. <clears throat> uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was a uh, the king of Babylon. You guys have probably heard uh, many different stories of King Nebuchadnezzar. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was warned in a dream about his pride. And uh, what an honor. God said, hey, listen, change your life or you're going to pay for it. And uh, David interpreted the dream and he told him just that. He said, uh, you know, you've got to recognize who the most high God is and change your ways or you're going to regret it. And... Uh, and that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will. This is what you, Nebuchadnezzar, need to remember. You need to know this. That's a pretty big deal. you got to change your ways, man. Um, so, in fact, actually, let me read this scripture. Daniel four twenty nine through 30. It says, at the end of 12 months, he walked in his palace of the kingdom of Babylon The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might and of my power for the honor of my majesty? So he, uh, after 12 months, I guess he forgot what was uh, told him in in the dream. Uh, In fact, a little history note here. I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, for years people were like, ah, Nebuchadnezzar, he, you know, historians and stuff, uh, he didn't exist, you know, we can't find any record. Well, they did find record. They, uh, they did find a, a city and, uh, that, that Nebuchadnezzar had built, and uh, it was interesting. The archaeologists found in the city that every brick uh, had his name on it, and it said, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. This guy was full of himself. I mean, he, in fact, he's like, all right, make sure every brick has my name on it. Let's remember, guys, that I'm pretty much a big deal around here, and we're going to build this city for my glory. And so he had some issues with pride. And um, uh, so even with the dream and the interpretation, he sinned and took the credit for all that he had, and he lost all that he had. If you remember, the story goes on that he ended up going mad, and he was spent his time in the, the fields with the, with the beasts, and he... Uh, he went mad. And so he was driven out of the city. That's a pretty big deal. But he eventually came to understand where he came from. He eventually came to the understanding. Uh, In Daniel 4.37, it says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to abase. He was able to say, you know what? I learned to God be the glory. I learned that as much as I might have succeeded on my own in some areas, no. It's all because of him. It's all in him. God deserves all the praise. And he learned that. He had to learn it the hard way. But he learned it. And, uh, you know, if you think about that, Nebuchadnezzar saw some miraculous things. Uh, During that time, if you... uh, Notice, he actually saw and he knew the power that God had. The chapter before that, um, after watching Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come out of the fiery furnace. Remember that story, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had to go and they were in the fire. And they walked out and they weren't even burnt. They didn't even smell like smoke. And so after he saw that, he commanded that no one could say anything bad about God or face death. And that there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. He, he realized, he did see that, you know, God is all powerful. And God did this miraculous thing. But still, after that, he still wasn't willing to uh, give God the credit. This is before he was driven into the wilderness. But uh, he, he, uh, he had the experience. He had this encounter with God. And he even had the ammunition to give God the glory. But he was too busy thinking about himself. So that's part of the issue. He did see the the power of God. He had an encounter with God. But you know what? He stopped really thinking about that. He stopped focusing on that. He had enough ammunition to really realize that God is real. He is powerful. I've seen some stuff. But he's just kind of focused on himself. And he's talking about his own glory and his own majesty. And because of that, he had to learn the hard way. And, uh, but thankfully for him, God dealt with him and and changed some things uh, and helped him to come to the understanding. See, God chastens those he loves. And sometimes we go through some hard things, uh, but it's God helping us. Because if you think about it, if if our pride is separating us from God, if our heart is keeping us from being with God, then we need to be thankful that sometimes... God will allow us to fall on our face because he knows that we need to fall on our face because the road that we're going down is going to destroy us. And so our pride is an abomination to God. Our pride, God resists the proud. And so thankfully for Nebuchadnezzar, he was driven into the wilderness. He was given another chance to realize where his power came from. That's a powerful thing. As much as he didn't like it, I'm sure he hated it. He went from being top dog to being with the dogs. (laughs) You know, he he probably didn't like it at the time, but in the end, he realized where everything came from. Amen. Um, Being prideful can miss out on opportunities to be a witness. Um, We don't see others like Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, We don't see others when we're stuck on ourselves, right? Uh, For example, you ever gotten to a a debate with somebody? And um, we will, if we're not careful, we can be about winning the debate at the expense of producing godly fruit in, in order to demonstrate our wittiness. So, for example, you're getting in a debate with somebody about, I don't know, God, and we're too busy trying to show them that we know more than them and trying to beat them rather than demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit. I know that that was uh, because your pride will rise up. Oh, you can't tell me that. You can't tell me that God's not blah, 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 whatever it is. And sometimes we can get too busy and too stuck on trying to win a debate rather than just demonstrate to them who God is. And so sometimes our own pride can destroy our own witness. We're not showing them Jesus Christ. We're showing them Sean Dooley. We're showing them our greatness and our goodness, and that means nothing because they see someone who's proud and prideful and not willing to listen. And so sometimes our own pride can get in the way of our witness. It's hard for people to see Jesus when all that we're showing is ourself, our goodness. Uh, We'd rather win than witness, but sometimes losing can win, right? Sometimes losing, you know what? realizing that by me going down this line of conversation, I'm only driving them uh, away, and they're not going to want to hear anything that I'm going to say. So you know what? I'm not going to compromise, but I'm not going to try to beat them because you know what? I'm going to try to show them that God loves them, and I'm going to love them too. So sometimes our pride can get in the way. Satan exalted his life. Jesus laid down his life. The mentality of Satan is self promotion. And unfortunately, that, like I said earlier, is our very nature and is sinful. Um, we don't even have to try to be sinful. We don't even have to try to be um, prideful. It just naturally, like I said before, it's our default. We promote ourselves. We go, we fall back to sin. We don't have to try. And because of the sin of Adam, sin is now in part of our life because of our own nature. We don't have to try very hard to do that. And we, even when we're born and we're little babies, we're, we're selfish. We're just selfish and we can become prideful. But the mentality of Jesus is self-denial. He came and he showed us the way. In Matthew 16, 24, it said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And we must do this on purpose. So uh, our very nature and our very pride says, you know what? You got to look out. If you're hungry, go get in that line and 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 get some food cuz you're hungry and our very nature wants to prefer ourselves. We want to look out for ourselves. We want to be, you know, we we fill ourselves up with ourselves. And but Jesus came and he showed us the way. And he said, we got if anyone wants to come after me, we got to deny ourselves. Because this is a heart issue. When we go out and we're always consumed with ourself and we're feeding ourself and our own lusts and our own wants and our desires, we get stuck on ourself. And you know what that does is it severs a relationship with God. There ain't no room in there because it's full of us. And, and it puts us in opposition with God. We must realize where we come from and, and who is the creator because it's all in him. I don't want my heart to just be full of myself. I want it to be full of God. And that's where that self-denial Comes into play. Jesus taught us uh, that to love is to give. For God so loved the world that he gave. And that's a good template for us to live by. He, uh, he could have demanded that his disciples wash his feet. But he washed theirs. And, uh, you know, if, have you ever washed somebody's feet? It's, it's a, a humbling thing. Somebody maybe that you're not like related to. Uh, It's kind of an intimate, humbling thing because you're touching somebody's feet. It's personal. And he was God manifested in the flesh. He could have demanded that everybody come and praise him and, and, and run after him and do everything for him. But he showed us how to show love to people. And he went and he humbled himself enough to wash their dirty, stinking feet. And he washed all their feet. And he said, this is the way that we need to do that. He could have been brought everybody to himself, but he showed us that pride, it puffs oneself up. And it puts you in separation because to love is to give. That's a powerful thing, giving of yourself. Um, in fact, greater love has no man than this, than he that lays down his life for his friends, sacrificing for others. Um. Now, I want to, just a couple of scriptures, and um, if you read in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, these are some awesome scriptures, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. So, when we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we lean not unto our own understanding, uh, you know, uh, a contributing factor to pride can sometimes be insecurity, us dealing with things on our own. And uh, our insecurities can puff ourselves up. In fact, a good example of this was Saul. He was so insecure that David, a shepherd boy, was going to steal his thunder because he heard someone singing. David had, uh, or Saul has killed his thousands, but David had killed his ten thousands. He, uh, he got all worried all of a sudden. He heard them, well, you know what? I'm, I'm the king. What, what's he doing? You know? and, 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 and if he would have kept his trust in the Lord, he would not have been worried about anything he would have kept his, remember, who put him in that place? If his heart would have been right and he was living for God and he was trying to serve the Lord and his kingdom, he wouldn't have been insecure with that because he learned to trust in the Lord. In fact, great peace have they that love thy law and nothing shall offend them, which I think David ended up saying later. This is in the face of that insecurity. We must trust in the Lord. We must trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And lean not unto that own understanding. Sometimes our pride can be a result of insecurities. We we have this stuff going on in our life. We have all kinds of issues, all kinds of things. And uh, and rather than trying to do it all ourselves and show people that we are good enough, even though sometimes it's false uh, pride or you know we're puffing ourselves up to make ourselves look bigger than we really are, uh, rather than trying to do all of it ourselves, is we trust in the Lord and remember that He is the one who holds all things in His hands. Amen. Um. And with uh, our insecurities, we must trust him. Our best ideas cannot compete with God's truth, right? Tell you what, he is the provider. He's the way maker. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Acknowledging God as your creator, as your provider, as your healer, as your God will ensure a close relationship with him, an actual relationship with him. And sometimes when we read this, it's acknowledging him, that, like the scripture says, um, in all thy ways acknowledge him. We got to remember that in all of the chaos of life, that God is real, you know? Because if we just dismiss this and this becomes a religious habit that we do, we forget about where the creator is in relation to ourselves. And we forget who has all power in his hand. And so if we're not... If we're not thinking about and remembering that God is real and he still is working in this day, in this age. He is still pouring out his spirit and he's still healing people. He's still moving and he still has a plan. If if we forget about that, then the only thing left to lift up is our ourselves, our own best ideas. And in order to dis- destroy the, the ideas and, and destroy the pride of our life, we got to remember that it's all in him. That God really is real. If he created everything, he has the power to do some things in my life. And we got to remember that. And so acknowledging him as our creator in all of our ways, everywhere we go. You know what? God's, God is good. Whatever circumstance you go into, acknowledging that, you know what? I believe that the Lord has a, a plan for this. I believe that there's a right way to do things. Acknowledging God in your circumstance. Amen. Be not wise in thine own eyes. For, or Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Don't see yourself as better than others. Because at the end of the day, I mean, sometimes we don't even think about it. It just kind of happens. We're just like, you know, for whatever reason, you get all prideful. And just like the Pharisee who was praying, you know, like, oh, Lord, thank you. I'm not like that guy. Uh, You know, that guy's bad. And, well, you know what? Sin is sin. Whatever the sin is, it separates you from God. And as much as you might be proud of yourself in the moment... Um, God knows the garbage in your closet he knows all about you he knows all your details so that pride uh, is, is not going to save you I'll tell you what uh, remembering that he created all and can take it all away <clears throat> so and, and finishing up that scripture um, depart from evil and I'm, I'm going to be coming to a close here Stop doing what you know is wrong. Where do we start in this? How how do how do I progress in my relationship with God? Maybe there is too much pride going on in my life. Maybe there's some things that I know I need to change. Well, you know what? Don't worry about the things that you don't know how to do because you don't know how to do them. So why don't we start doing what we do know? I heard somebody once say that the hardest thing in life is not doing what you don't know, but doing what you already do know. I know that's kind of confusing. So... It's hard to do what we already know. So let's just start with what we do now. Let's try to do that. Like if there's things, that, hey, you know what? Killing people's bad. Let's stop with that. Let's start with that. Let's stop killing people. This is an extreme example. Let's start doing what we know we should do and depart from evil. Amen? All right. So uh, in summary, our pride can set us in opposition with God, and he rejects that. It's an abomination. Godliness Producing fruit is about laying ourselves down, laying our wants down. The fruit, remember, the fruit isn't the goal. The fruit is a byproduct of the relationship with God. If we're trying to get the fruit, then that's carnal. If we're trying to be this stuff, you, you can't, you, this is a byproduct of our relationship with God. I can't just, fruit can't be my goal. When I say fruit, I'm not talking about bananas. I'm talking about you know, showing the, the, the love of God and the way that you uh, interact with people, your, your, um, your faithfulness and your goodness and your mercy and, and showing people godliness. We can't just try to do that because that would, in and of ourselves, is, can be carnal. We got to let God move through us because we you know what? It's all in you, Lord. You have all power, and I recognize that I give it all to you, Lord. And if anything, I want to be like you, and I want to serve you. And if that means I'm going to show people Jesus Christ, that means I'm going to do what you did, and I'm going to show them that I preferred them. I'm going to show them that as much as I might want to win right now and and beat them in this conversation or this debate, I'm more worried and concerned about their soul because they're going somewhere forever. And my pride in this moment doesn't matter. It pales in comparison to the eternity and remembering that God... Loves them, and so should I. We got to uh, not seek the fruit. We got to seek him. Um, and who are we showing? This is our, the last thing that I want to talk about. When we're around others and we're in the world and in our workplace, who are we representing? Who are we presenting to others? It's something to concern, concern ourselves with. Um, is it our pride? Is it... it is it our attitude? You know, who are we showing the world in our, uh, in our attitude or in our dress, the way that we present ourselves? Are we showing them our best? Are we showing them our style, that we got it together? You know, are we showing them Jesus Christ? Are we showing them goodness and, and, and holiness and purity? When they look at us, what do they see? Do they see the world? And so I, I was thinking about that our pride really gets in the way and of every factor and every Uh, part of our life it can seep into everything that we do but one a good way to think about this is when i'm in the world and when i'm around people what am i showing them am i showing them my 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 goodness am i demonstrating them when my attitude is about them knowing that i'm right or am i showing them jesus christ am i am i showing them the the attitude and the ways that the lord uh uh, interacts and, and and moves in this world is it our good or is it god's good all righty. I want to, um, if you wouldn't mind uh, standing with me, I want to draw this to a close. And let's go ahead and and just for a few moments, let's go ahead and pray. And maybe some things have come to your mind as I was speaking. Maybe there's some areas in your life that maybe you need to work on. I know I have some things in my life that I need to work on because we're not perfect. And so let's just spend a, a few moments with the lord and just be real with him in jesus name lord all across this room father as we lift our voice to you i pray bring to our memory our understanding the things in our life that we need to change god you know the concerns of our heart lord you know the issues and the insecurities you know the things that we try to do to lift up ourselves lord you know the things that we try to do the misplaced goodness in our life that lord it's all in you father you hold all things in your hands, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, reveal to us and continue to show us the way, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in our life, Lord. Thank you for still being uh, real and moving in this day and age, for saving and for healing and for all that you do, Lord. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and clap our hands to the Lord, for he is good. Amen. Amen.